This is Weekly Signals Interviews, broadcasting every Tuesday morning, 8 to 9, Pacific Time on KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new book, George W. Bush, War Criminal, our guest today, Michael Haas, identifies and documents 269 specific war crimes under U.S. and international law for which Bush, senior officials, and staff in his administration and military officers under his command are liable to be prosecuted. Haas has written more than 30 books, most recently, International Human Rights, a Comprehensive Introduction, A well-known political scientist, he played a key role in stopping American funding of the Khmer Rouge. His book, Exposing Singapore's Many Human Rights Violations, is banned in that authoritarian country. Michael Haas, welcome to Weekly Signals. Welcome to you. Uh, How are you doing today? Just fine. I'm looking forward to the closing of Guantanamo on the 20th or 21st of January, among other things. Now, now, do you think uh, Obama's going to move ahead with that? Uh, that seems very clear. <clears throat> He's going to uh, um, have it um, officially uh, uh, closed, but still have not heard any clue from him as to what to do with the people who have who are there, who either have been charged with a crime or not charged with a crime. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you've you've written a book on uh, 269 war crimes by our president. At what point during his administration did uh, this idea come to you? I was working on the book that you cited, the previous book, on the textbook Uh on international human rights, uh, in particular the chapter on war crimes. And as I was reading the Geneva Conventions, Hague Conventions, trying to summarize it for the purpose of that chapter, I was also reading the newspaper uh, about the violations of some of the uh, provisions that have not received much prominence. So I realized I would have, that would be the next book uh, to get out. Yes. Now, is, is, there, is there one war crime or you know, a, a grouping of war crimes? Because you've organized this book in, into sections about different types of war crimes. Is there one that really stands out and is... is the one that would be the most likely to prosecute Bush on? Well, there, those are really two questions. The okay. one that stands out to me is the arrest, capture, and abuse of children, thousands of children in Afghanistan, in Iraq, some of whom were kidnapped from other countries and secretly uh, confined in order to get uh, individuals to confess to crimes that they may or may not have committed. Uh, Sixty-four of the Guantanamo inmates at one time or another have been children. And uh, if I were to repeat the stories of how some of these children have been treated on the air, you would have to cut off at that point because the description is much too graphic. Now, as far as... uh, Crimes that, for which Bush could could be prosecuted, which was the second question. And there, of course, are, are the crimes of universal jurisdiction that have been established in the Geneva Conventions, uh, among which, of course, is torture, for which Bush can be prosecuted in any country of the world, not just for the 
authorization of torture, but also for the compensation uh, to the victims of torture. And so, uh, so lawsuit could be brought in Iraq, could be brought in Spain, it could be brought in Nepal against Bush uh, for violation of crimes that can be prosecuted anywhere. And, of course, if the United States fails to prosecute, other countries will cite that as grounds for giving them jurisdiction because they can't do anything as long as the United States is actually in the process of prosecution. Now, I'm sure that you uh, saw and heard George W. Bush over the weekend uh, saying that he had a, uh, a legal opinion on whether or not he could torture, and that's why he, d he decided to go ahead with it. Uh, what, what was your take on that when you heard it? Well, one, one of his uh, chief legal advisors quit because he could not accept that opinion. Yeah. And, and his deputy also quit because they could not accept these, uh, these badly worded, uh, badly supported so-called opinions, which were opinions after the fact. In other words, the torture took place first. Then the opinions were written in order to justify what had already happened. Yes, yes. And, and John Yu, I think, is, is pretty much principally responsible for uh, writing those opinions. Is, is he someone you could bring up uh, at a trial, too, and, and prosecute? Well, uh, internationally, probably not, because he's not on a, any particular chain of command. He was making a recommendation. However, there are some that believe under American domestic law that he would be p considered part of a conspiracy to violate uh, war crimes, to violate international law and domestic law. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, so I am not able to judge that particular... I'm a political scientist, mm -hmm. and, and so I'm, I'm looking at policy matters um, and, um, and trying to make sense of complex legal uh, statements and opinions uh, for, for a more general audience. I, I wouldn't want to put John, John Yu, in other words, charge him with anything other than what a lot of people have, which is incompetent. Yeah. There, um, Michael Haas, uh, we're speaking with Michael Haas. The book is George W. Bush, War Criminal, the, the Bush Administration's Liability for 269 War Crimes. Um, I, there, um, thank you. I, let, there was a report that came out uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, this is something that Nathan, I think, was uh, sort of referring to. There was a report that came out um, from uh, the Steering Committee for the Justice Robert H. Jackson Conference on Planning for Pros Prosecution of High-Level American War Criminals. This was It's a long title, but they identified over 30 uh, uh, Bush administration officials running from the top all the way down to uh, sort of the, the underlings within the administration. Uh, for, for war crimes, for for the prosecution of war crimes. So there's well, the a conspiracy, conspiracy to commit war. Crimes. Yeah, conspiracy exactly, and facilitating war crimes. But I want to go back to one that I consider to be a pretty basic one, and that is the the uh, uh, prosecution of a war of aggression against um, against the people of Iraq, to the country of Iraq. That is to me, I've been. Uh, it's my understanding that is considered to be the supreme war crime. And that everything that emanates from the prosecution of a of a war of aggression against a country constitutes a war crime. Am I correct in saying that? Um, I I think that that is is the biggest of the war 
attack in Afghanistan uh, against a government that was willing to cooperate with us uh, initially, and uh, and we had the right of international reprisal uh, when we were attacked on 9/11 to use uh, a proportionate means against those who perpetrated that particular crime. Um, but by going in and toppling a regime um, that, uh, without the United Nations' approval, uh, that was also a war crime, as much as the one to go to war in Iraq. One may be more popular than the other, but they were equally uh, unauthorized by the United Nations Security Council, as required under the U.N. Charter. And the reprisals that were meted out, uh, obviously, were um, inadequate to deal with al-Qaeda, uh, which is now, of course, no longer in Afghanistan, but in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Well, well, this, there's, there's just a lot of different ways uh, that uh, um, we, we should be lo- looking at this. Uh, going back to uh, the, the tragedy, the horror of 9-11, uh, but the initial response on the part of the United States, or at least our invasion of Afghanistan and then eventually into Iraq. Um, and I want to try and separate, the, if there is a distinction here, what, was the United States' mistake, not only legally but politically, to prosecute, the uh, to, to bring these people to justice by going to war? Should, they have pursu- should we have pursued it? Uh, as a criminal act and gone to and enlisted uh, the International Criminal Court. Uh, is that where we started? Is that where this thing kind of came off the rails in terms of how we, uh, how we went after uh, the people who, who perpetrated 9-11? Well, as I said, under international law, we have the right of reprisal. And, and, uh, but the reprisal has to be proportionate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, Bush was, was convinced, and I think correctly, that it was going to be difficult to track down through the air um, the location of al-Qaeda operatives, that he would need to be on the ground. So he asked the Afghan government to, to um, provide Osama bin Laden's uh, uh, body, you know, to, uh, that is, to, um, to arrest him and let the United States um, uh, take over his prosecution by transporting to the United States where he would be put on trial. And, of course, he'd already been indicted in, in a federal court uh, in New York. So it's not as if um, it were anything new. Uh, but, United, but Bush refused to accept the mere uh, arrest and, and, uh, of Osama bin Laden and having him turned over to the United States. He wanted more than that. He wanted the entire al-Qaeda operation, which, of course, the uh, the Afghan government under the Taliban was unable to uh, to to do that is they didn't have the military capability to do that. Uh, Bush therefore considered their response inadequate and sent in military forces, which we in the United States thought were there uh, as an act of reprisal, in other words, to round up Al Qaeda. Instead of doing that, however, um, the approach was to topple the uh, Taliban regime. And in the process, uh, the al-Qaeda uh, people were able to escape, as they did. And indeed, um, uh, the, the troops that were required to pursue them um, were um, uh, transferred uh, to Iraq uh, within, that is, they, <laughs> the, 
they didn't finish the job that they were that they had set out to do, and so um, that that I think is is perhaps a, the best summary of of those events. Well, but my, 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 to my point, would would it have been uh, would we be uh, could we have avoided this uh, these war crimes by pursuing this as a as a criminal matter and and bringing into the the uh, the process. Uh, I don't know the some mechanism that would have would have gone after Bin Laden and these people were criminal acts as opposed to an act of absolutely, war. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. There is an international agreement on air piracy. The, the people who uh, engaged in attacks on 9/11 were engaging in air piracy, and those who plotted it who outside the country were obviously all equally guilty of air piracy. They could be tried in American court. Uh, some all, uh, uh, the bombing uh, underneath the World Trade Center, of course, had already been prosecuted as a criminal act. Right. And so what Bush did was to militarize, essentially, a criminal act. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, Al Qaeda is not a military organization, and it is a criminal conspiracy, similar to the mafia, and it should have been treated as such. Bush consistently refused to allow the FBI a role in the prosecution of, um, or rather, the pursuit of, um, of al-Qaeda, and, and instead assigned the matter to the military and the CIA. By militarizing, of course, he was asking American military troops to do something they're not trained to do, which is topple regimes, engage in guerrilla uh, counter guerrilla warfare, and uh, ultimately to to arrest, detain, and interrogate prisoners. These are, are not um, the kinds of things that American military were trained to do. These are police matters that um, when, when you have people under detention. And uh, so the book um, on how to, to operate was, would have been the Geneva Convention. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tommy Franks ordered his troops to follow the Geneva Convention. The first uh, commandant at Guantanamo who received prisoners was or- ordered um, posting of Geneva Convention signs saying that those incoming prisoners should only give name, rank, and serial number. But they were countermanded uh, by Bush, who insisted on militarizing uh, the uh, so-called war on terror. Oh. We're speaking with Michael Haas. The book is George W. Bush, War Criminal. And it seems to me, and you bring it up in the introduction of your book, the, the Supreme Court has pretty much already ruled that a war crime has been committed. Uh, can you go into that a little bit? I beg your pardon? Uh, uh, re- regarding the uh, the cases of Hamdan and Rumsfeld and uh, also uh, uh, Bush later on. Oh, I see. The yes. uh, Supreme Court decisions yes. that have been made. Well, uh, since Bush uh, uh, basically tried to make up his own law through executive orders and and instructed people down the chain of command to uh, follow them and 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 in in the process made it so unclear what to do that that uh, they were uh, essentially on their own the the um, uh, the court then received cases from uh, lawyers representing inmates at Guantanamo, 
saying, well, they don't have the right of habeas corpus, uh, they don't have um, uh, a proper judicial framework in which they can be processed, and the Supreme Court then has made a number of rulings saying that the procedures at Guantanamo were, were illegal, um, unconstitutional, and even violated international law, because under international law, you capture people on a battlefield, as, as those at Guantanamo initially were. Uh, you must determine whether they are either uh, war, uh, guilty of some kind of war crime or whether they're innocent. But instead, um, the processing was not done through an established tribunal under um, American law. And so Bush tried to establish uh, uh, his own tribunal, uh, and uh, the Supreme Court then ruled that that was, that was uh, unconstitutional. Only Congress, under the Constitution, has the power to establish a new tribunal system. That, that wasn't really, that's the gimmick here, right? Is the attempt on this, the part of this administration to create out of whole cloth an entirely different legal system for these people to be um, uh, brought to justice, if you will. Yeah, and that's that's where this thing breaks down. Is, is in other words, and, to so ignore the, the existing legal system right. in the manner that is similar to the complaints that the American colonists had toward Britain when they issued the Declaration of Independence in 1776, with very specific uh, complaints. It, the Declaration has some some wonderful phraseology at the beginning, but then it gets down to specific complaints. Uh, uh, the king has done this, the king has done that. And the grievances that that are in the Declaration of Independence have been reenacted by Bush in his attempt to create some new uh, uh, legal framework with no foundation. Um, I have, uh, in fact, identified about ten different complaints uh, of the, in the Declaration of Independence which which Bush has reenacted. Um, give us the top one. <laughs> give us the one you think that would be most likely to be prosecuted on. Uh, well, obviously, mistreatment of aliens on American soil, uh-huh. establishing military commissions without congressional approval, dispatching, and here I'm quoting, swarms of officers to harass American residents, uh, making the military supreme over the civilian methods of dealing with terrorism, mm-hmm. um, depriving detainees of trial by jury, engaging in extraordinary rendition, and obviously ignoring American law in Congress, hiring mercenaries for military role. Uh, These are are in the Declaration of Independence as objections, and all of them uh, are violations of American law. Now, now, Michael Haas, up to this point, uh, the the line that that goes from these criminal activities, these criminal acts, to the president may have been somewhat obscured by, uh, by layers of the people under him. But th- the fact that Bush and Cheney now are taking ownership of the uh, uh, signing off on the torture, the, the different methodology, and really their fingerprints were all over this, but they're, they're really stepping forward in these last few days before the end of this administration to say, yeah, we did it. Are they, are they in some way... Daring, uh, daring somebody to move forward with the prosecution, or do they do they think that they're just so above the law that they they don't have to worry about any of this? Well, they're waiting for someone uh, to say 
that uh, they are basically uh, confessing to a crime. And I haven't heard that um, uh, as a headline of any newspaper. But, In other they, words, but they are, aren't they? Are, are they yeah. not admitting to this? Well, Bush is. Now, of course, Cheney gave, merely gave advice. His fingerprints <laughs> are not on any executive order or any implementation of an executive order. He did give advice. He's part of a conspiracy, yeah. uh, but, but not a co-equal member of a conspiracy because, of course, the president has more power than he. Uh, so it's really, so Cheney is the one that is uh, taking most of, of the credit for all these illegal acts in an attempt to support uh, Bush. Uh, but Bush is basically um, in a situation where he's confessing to a crime, thinking that the Detainee Treatment Act of 2005 immunized him from prosecution. Right. There's a statement uh, in, in the law that says that, uh, a, that anyone who thought they were acting legally and had an illegal opinion to support them uh, with regard to interrogation methods, that they, they, would, not, uh, they would be exempt from prosecution. As an ex post facto law, however, I question whether that's actually constitutional. Well, well there's something about this that, uh, that, that this goes back to the Nuremberg trials. There was, and I'm going to butcher this legal term, and maybe you can help me out with this, the von Strassel or Strassel defense, which basically was that the, an attorney told me it was okay, so therefore I, I can't be prosecuted because I got legal advice that said it was okay. The, this, this doesn't hold up. It's the, I was just following orders defense back from the Nuremberg trials, right? I mean... Oh. Well, they prosecuted judges and lawyers <clears throat> as part of the, one of the 11 Nuremberg uh, trials, yeah. and that was knocked out. It's the, the concept of command responsibility yeah. identifies those at the top of the hierarchy yeah. or acts, and, and legal advice is advice. That's all it is. Yeah. It's ultimately up to you. To make the decision, and they did make the decision to follow through on these uh, on these illegal. They could, have, they now, could have rejected that advice. Right. They they could have gotten alternative advice. <clears throat> they could have, in other words, uh, tried to to go to Congress to get Congress to pass some sort of law, uh, but they didn't. They well, did this mostly in secret. Well, we know they got contrary advice. But they just chose not to accept it. Now there are a couple of things we're running out of time, and I want to get to them. One is that what's the venue? Where do we go uh, in, if, in, in your mind? Where is the venue that these people are prosecuted? Is it in the United States? Is it at the, at the Hague? How, how do we get to from point well, A to not, point? It will not be at the Hague unless the Dutch government uh, does the prosecution, which it could. Right. Um, it, um, if, the United Sta if no prosecutions occur in the United States because the court throws it out as a political matter, which is quite likely, then the venue changes to all other countries in the world who have signed on to the Geneva Convention, mm -hmm. and that includes the uh, the Spanish government, which, of course, served a subpoena on uh, Pinochet, Pinochet yeah. of Chile uh, to get him to come. It includes the French government that has already served a summons on, on Henry Kissinger, who hasn't gone to France, uh, and it also will be the British government, because they have lawsuits pending, uh, for the detainees who were abused and tortured at Guantanamo but are now back in Britain. Let, let me ask you then, because we are out of time here, um, uh, this may be um, 
does does President Barack Obama have wiggle room on this? In other words, or does the the incoming administration have any wiggle room? Can they dismiss what has happened over these last eight years as idiosyncratic of these the last administration? And my God, we're never going to do that again. Can they stand on a principle that allows them to not move forward on a prosecution here? No, he can't because. There are too many ongoing violations of international law that are war crimes now. On, on the, from the minute he takes office, he will take responsibility for all the ongoing war crimes. Uh, even if he issues executive orders that, that ban a whole series of acts such as interrogation methods, uh, they, nonetheless, those orders will probably not be sufficient to cover the vast, number of war crimes. I outlined 269 war crimes yeah. in my book. Yeah. There, uh, they all, and what I would recommend is that Barack Obama issue an apology to all the victims of Bush's war on terror and, and promise that he will reverse all the crimes that have been committed and compensate those who were victims, because failing to compensate the victims of torture, for example, would itself be a war crime. Well, Michael Haas, th- this is a fascinating book, uh, and you've laid it out. You've laid out quite a case between yourself and Vincent Bugliosi. I think there is a, a growing a consensus that something has got to be done. Um, and I want to thank you for, for being here on Weekly Signals. The book is, I just lost. George it. W. Bush, War Criminal, the Bush Administration's Liability for 269 War Crimes. Michael Haas, thanks for being on Weekly Signals. Thank you. To learn more about Weekly Signals interviews, including upcoming guests, or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And this is Weekly Signals.